If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode Whoa. of Mind Pump. Mm. Uh, the beginning intro is about 30 minutes, and we get into some fun conversation. We talk about Adam's uncle, Casey, yeah. uh, who Adam is a lot- He's like the same guy. A lot like, except uh, his uncle Casey's cooler than he is. Uh, we talk mm. about family resemblances and who the people we take after are like and how we identify with that and how that influences our behavior. Um, and uh, are we stuck to that, or can we change that through our own? Am I going to turn into my grandpa? Exactly. Mm. Uh, so basically, <laughs> destiny versus choice. We talk about the silver lining uh, behind my gut issues, and then uh, I kind of get into um, how I use certain products to help with uh, my gut issues. I talk about one product in particular by Four Sigmatic, their Raishi mushroom. We actually have a uh, a code, I believe. Um, that offers people a discount at four sigmatic f o u r s i g m a t i c dot com forward slash mind pump, and you'll get fifteen percent off if you use the code mind pump for your first purchase. And by the way, I refer a smart drug smarts episode in that intro where they talk about the benefits and health effects of mushrooms. Um, it's kind of If you've not listened to Jesse's podcast, you have to listen to Jesse's yeah. podcast. It's fire, and he always has fire guests on that show. Uh, Smart Drug Smarts is one of my favorite um, podcasts. Jesse is the host, by yeah. the way. Um, the episode I referred to is episode number 82. Uh, and then we get into the uh, questions. The first question was, uh, what do we think about pulsing supplements or cycling supplements to encourage the body's natural functions versus just taking them all the time. Mm. Then we answer the question about how you should introduce yourself to other professionals. Uh, Justin has a very interesting method. Hi, how are you doing? <sighs> that's it. Yeah. Uh, then we talk about occlusion training. Um, is it actually good for long-term muscle growth or is it uh, just this kind of fleeting extra pump you get in the bicep or as we like to call it, a muscle Erection. It's like a boner for muscles. Then we talk about MAPS Prime Pro, and would you be able to use that uh, if you have some kind of neurological issue? Could it benefit you? And uh, besides Prime Pro, types of training you can do to help yourself become more connected. Hmm. Finally, this month, one of my favorite uh, promotions we've ever done, we're actually giving away access to our private forum for free if you enroll in any of our programs, any of our MAPS programs, or any of our bundles, the private forum is something that we um, really cherish, we really value. Mm -hmm. There's about 2,000 professionals on there, fitness enthusiasts, well, doctors. Well, we wanted to do this because our, our programs themselves are valuable, but you know, now it's like you can have that accountability to walk you through the programs and, and be able to ping pong with other people in there that are going through the same thing or you know, the professionals give you an eye that you may not be seeing yourself. Well, the most successful people we've seen with the programs are people who do the programs and then uh, you know, work with the forum so they can kind of move through each phase, ask people's questions. Uh, they even help uh, modify your workouts because, of course, we always encourage modifications according to your body. The private forum is a perfect place for that. And plus, uh, I'm on there every single day. So is Adam. So is Justin. So it's just a great resource. It's free 
if you enroll in any program. And at the end of the month, it's going to be going up in price uh, as well because normally we sell that. You can find all of that at mindpumpmedia.com. T-shirt time. Give away some shirts, Doug. How are we doing on them reviews lately? We had 11 reviews, Mm. so we're giving away three shirts. Okay. All right. Save money on shirts. Okay, all right. Yeah. So the winners are Captain Patch. Yeah, you are. Shave it off. More JoJo. Or less. We like more JoJo. (laughs) Kate S123456. All of you are winners. Winners. How do you get the shirts, Doug? Yeah, send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com, your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll get that right out to you. And then rock them right away and show us on Instagram. Right, yeah. Don't forget to tag us. Share them on Instagram. Maybe you'll get another one. Ooh, we might do that. Dude, go to Casey's, go on Casey's Instagram and fucking (laughs) laugh your ass off. He's like Adam on steroids. Not body-wise, but like everything else. I think literally I'm him on steroids is what it is. Uh, <laughs> That's what I don't I'm, know, literally. dude. Yeah, and literally. Figuratively. I don't know, dude. Literally and figuratively. I feel like he's he's like, he's used solidified. He's older. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He's just, yeah, he's already had the wife and kids. He really don't give a fuck. <laughs> Bro, serious. he's got a picture of himself. He's a grown man. Like He's like 40, 50-something in the picture. <laughs> he's got two fucking bare asses in him, and he posted on Instagram. <laughs> Like, you don't give a fuck, bro. No, He's no. married with kids and shit. Is, isn't that funny, though? He's how, like, I got young yeah. ass and Don't you find that fascinating how, like, somebody like that who really had no influence in my life, we didn't really hang out with each other. As, I didn't get a chance to see him as a kid really very much at all. Isn't it crazy how, like, there's certain things that just in your blood, right? It's just in your DNA. It would seem that way, wouldn't it? Well, don't you think so? Like, isn't it? Like, how do you explain something like that? There's definitely a similarity there, although we're unique and different, right? Oh, for sure, dude. The second we met your uncle, and sat down with him, and him, him, I don't remember what it was, but he checked you really hard on something, uh, and it cracked me up because yeah. not because he checked you, but the way he did it made me laugh so hard because it's exactly what you would say oh, or right, do. Right. And I looked at him like, oh my god, it's your fucking uncle. Of course, like he's gonna <laughs> yeah, say some yeah. shit like that. But it's crazy because you would think that. I would have gotten that from him because I was around him growing up, and so. But his, you were never were right. Right, so that's what I that's what I find really fascinating is that, you know, he didn't have that opportunity really to influence me that way. I just turned out that way. And Katrina actually was talking. We were so we went personality to, in your DNA. We went to the concert this weekend, right? We saw um, uh, Faith Hill and Tim McGraw, and we took. Uh, my uncle and uh, my aunt. Oh, so you did take? Oh, it took him. Yeah, okay. t- and so and him and I ended up talking business the whole time while the girls enjoy- enjoyed it. And Katrina afterwards was talking about uh, you know how much she enjoys watching uh, my relationship with him and then with my uncle John. So my uncle John is my real father's brother. So my real father who died when I was seven. It's his brother who they're a lot alike personality wise, and then my. Uh, my mom's brother is my uncle Casey, who we're talking about right now, and both of them weren't. Uh, I mean, a little bit when I was young, but I didn't get a lot of influence growing up around them. My mom kind of separated our our family from a lot of the rest of the family because of how uh, hard that was. You know, the whole suicide was such an awkward thing for my mom to handle with all the sib- other sure, siblings, sure, and stuff, sure. right? So you can imagine, so. That segregated me from a lot of my cousins, uncles, aunts, and I didn't rekindle those relationships until I was in my um, 30s, until not that long ago, maybe early early 30s, late 20s, did I really forge that. Now, I reached out a few times, but like it's only been in the last maybe five plus years have I really, really spent a lot of time 
with my uncle Casey and my uncle John, who are both blood, my closest blood, right? As far as uncles are concerned. And she's like, you have a piece of, and my uncle John's complete opposite of my uncle Casey. So you can see the, you know, the, the dichotomy between the two, right? It's so fascinating for her, she said, to watch because they're, they're polar opposite personalities. And she's like, you can really see them both inside of you. And it's, and to me, I find that fascinating because they didn't have an opportunity to really raise. Yeah. Them, I didn't you know. know. I don't, I've never met your other uncle, but if I didn't know, you have uh, met John. I think you met John. He came I? down here with my aunt Julie. They came down oh, and they watched. Okay. Uh, we, we didn't really talk much. We yeah. Really talk you, much. Yeah. If, if I didn't know any better, I would, I would like, seriously, if I met you and your uncle uh, Casey, I would be like, Oh, that's your dad. Yeah. Everything, everything, just the way his mannerisms, the way he talks, like everything. It's fu- it's so funny. I love doing that, by the way. I love when you get to know someone and then you meet a family member of theirs and then you see like, oh shit, that's you. Yeah. That's totally you. I love seeing that kind of shit. It's, so when I was a kid, and maybe this is because I'm, a, it's probably because I'm a boy, right? I identified so strongly with being my father, uh, you know, the son of my dad that I really wanted to be a lot like him and a lot like the people in his family. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it took me a long time to realize, even though people told me all the time, that I was very much uh, a Visconti. Uh, that's my mom's side, her maiden name, in the sense that uh, my personality, the things I was interested in, like my mom's side is a bunch of charismatic, uh, outgoing you know, salespeople. Like a lot of them are in sales. A lot of them are in business. A lot of them are very charismatic. Like my my uncle Carmelo, when he's in a room, he's the fucking show. My grandfather's kind of like that. My aunt mm. is like that. My uncle is an herbalist who is very much into alternative medicine and wellness and health. And every time I talk about health stuff, everybody in my family would be like, geez, you're so much like your uncle. But I identified so strongly with my dad's side that I refuse to kind of see that yeah. because I'm maybe because I'm a guy, right? Because I'm thinking like I'm like my dad. In reality, I'm way Dude, more could, like my mom's side. We could not be more fucking spot on with stuff. Every time we share a new story like this that, you know, even though we've been together for this many years, it always fascinates me on how you and I have very, very similar lives in a different way. You know, it's like <laughs> my I had the exact same thing. Imagine me, right? So my father who dies at seven years old, you know, I, I miss that. So there's so much that, you know, as a kid, you start to, what would it be like if your dad was around? And so I wanted, I wanted to be my father Mm -hmm. because just because I didn't have that. Right. So there was this, but in reality, everyone used to tell me that I was just like my mom and my mother's side, which is Casey, my, Mm -hmm. her brother, that's her side because it's my mom. I want to be like my dad, like every other kid wants to be like their dad. Same thing. Isn't well, that yeah, weird? Yeah. yeah, it's similar. Like my dad, I just wanted to be as big as him. Like I want, like I was so pissed that I wasn't getting that growth spurt. You know, he was like six foot in sixth grade, and that was like my target goal was to be as big as <laughs> goal, my like dad. A height, like yeah. a height is a goal. I was like trying to do everything I could to be like taller. You know, my brother what ended were you up doing being six three. I don't know, dude. <laughs> like like hanging on drinking. I remember listening milk. to uh, this is why I liked Michael Jordan because I remember reading stories or whatever where he had that same problem. Where he was a late bloomer, you know, and he was like, like hanging on, uh, uh, like pull-up bars and like doing all this kind of stuff, trying to like get taller or whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like he, my dad, I t- definitely idolized just his size and, and strength and all that kind of stuff. But like, I was like a complete split. Everybody said I was like exactly like my grandpa Lamar, and he, um, he looked 
completely identical to me. And he played for LSU. I think LSU. you showed us a picture of him. Yeah. It does look like he was creepy. Yeah. It was really like, it, he could be my twin. It was now, so do you, creepy. Do you think that's, because uh, you have, those that don't know you really well, you have like this, um, you like like that 50s style and those mm-hmm. old cars. Do you think that's a part of why you are drawn to that era? Is Probably. because you identify with him? Yeah. And like everybody, it, everybody told me that, like all the family on like, you know, my What is that style? Side. What am I, what am I, I'm missing the word. For, what's the style called? Uh, like that. Uh, I know what you're talking about. The 50s, you know, the, yeah, the, the yeah, flat like rockabilly. Yeah, rockabilly. Yeah, rockabilly. Yeah, exactly. Like you're into the all that, that look. Yeah. And so I wonder if that has something to do with that. It may. Yeah, it may. Cause he was like, I mean, you know, there's all these pictures of him in the air force and like, you know, with old classic cars, like he was really into old classic cars and I'm, you know, I am too. My dad is, but, um, yeah. And then on the other side, like my dad's dad, I actually, my dad's dad's, uh, personality was completely like mine. Like, and like, so he was like super, like he was always joking and like really silly, but like he was super into, um, like design and he was actually like an interior designer but at the same time he was in a biker gang you're like huh (laughs) (laughs) super conflicting yeah just conflicting (laughs) like i never knew that like he carried a gun with him around and he was like in this biker gang and then like you know decided to be an interior designer back when it was like that's heterosexuals were still like (laughs) you know like in that industry so uh yeah it's just really weird you know like i could totally see myself as a split of like, you know, my, I look and act, you know, like aggressively, like my one grandpa. And then I'm like silly and like, you know, design Gene- you know, genetics are there. such a fascinating, yeah, it's weird, interesting thing on that level because genetics for physical appearance are so cut and dry, black and white, right? It's hard to deny. Like you look just like your uncle or you, you've got skin color like your mom or you're tall like this guy. Like that's not, that's easy, right? That's easy to identify. Right, right. Personality stuff is fascinating to me though because extremely fascinating to me because it makes you wonder if we're you're kind of destined to kind of be like you you know as much as we're in control of who we are and what our Mm. our actions and what we do but there is a part of you that is kind of destined to be like something right it makes me so so i had this thought a long time ago about that because i used to really ponder uh, that exact question of how destined we are to do things and how much control we have and it makes me wonder, like, let's say you have the exact same uh, genetic predispositions as, I don't know, your dad, right? Let's say you and your dad are just very, and you're never identical. The only identical people are identical twins. But let's say you're super, super similar in that respect. There's still the influence of the fact that your dad grew up in a different time, uh, different circumstances, different experiences than you. So the reality may be, that you're different, but you're you're reacting in a way he would react in your life. Right. Does that I, make sense? Oh, totally, man. Yeah. That's exactly how I, I think about it. It's like, wow, what if I really am him, but yeah. I'm just me. I'm me because carrying I, over now. I had different scenarios. Yeah. At, at two years old, this happened to me. Then at four years old, this happened to me when he this these things happened to me. And if that would have happened to me, I probably would have went the same way he did, too. So you wonder that, right? And there's a lot of like, which is interesting to me, um, you know, a long time ago, I had a, a sales guy that worked for me who came from very, very, very difficult um, situation growing up. Uh, Single parent, mom was not even a great mom, dad was not present, Uh, drugs and alcohol in the family, grew up. I mean, he would tell me stories that were just, I mean, mind-blowing. But he was a very driven, successful individual. Ended up uh, leaving fitness and pursuing medicine and became a, a doctor. Just very driven, very hardworking, very successful, 
had three siblings. Every single one of them turned out uh, horribly, you know, either addicted to drugs, dead, or in jail. And I was always like, God, you know, mm. what's strange to, about that is what, what was different about him versus the others? And the way I used to think about it, and this is just my own belief about it. I don't, I don't know if there's even any science to, to support this, but th- for whatever reason, his genetic makeup uh, flourished and thrived off of that horrible environment, whereas the others didn't. And what if, and I always, always ask myself this, what if they all grew up in a great environment? Hmm. What if they had an awesome environment where everything was great, loving parents? Right, they'd be totally different. Would those three lo- you know, kids who became losers, would they have become normal, successful people? And would he have become... Like a fuck up, a spoiled, fuck up. spoiled brat or something. You know what I'm saying? Like pressure crushes some things like and it turns other things. Yeah. Exactly. You ever wonder that kind of stuff? Yeah, like that's a trip. You know, if if your whatever your program is, if you put it in different circumstances, what would it become? Like, what if I were placed in a different life? You know, in a different type of life, would mm-hmm. I have crumbled or would I have succeeded? You know, as a result of it, right? It's yeah. all it's all really interesting. And then you throw epigenetics into that, and then you're like, fuck, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the the experiences and behaviors of your they're connecting. Not in humans, but they're doing this in, I believe, animal studies. They're connecting, like, grandparents and great-grandparents' experiences to, like, how genetics turn out for... So trippy. I mean, that's fucking crazy, crazy. right? I I find it as maybe the single most powerful tool for personal growth is the ability to connect to one's family like this because... When I look at both my uncles, like there's there's traits that I admire about them, and then there's traits that I see myself and that I wish I was better at or changed. So it's like one of the best ways to self reflect is to have somebody who's blood related like that, and you and you pay attention to something that they do that maybe you don't you don't like, and you go like, oh wow, that I have that trait, like. Can I do I have the ability to see that coming before? Because he obviously doesn't. He just kind of says whatever and doesn't think about it. Where I don't want to be like that. I want to be able to be more, you know, socially aware or self aware in a situation mm-hmm. like that. So it's one of the best tools for that if you use it that way, right? If you look at your parents or your grandparents or aunts and uncles and those that have a lot of similar traits as you and the things that maybe you don't like best about it is recognizing that, hey, there is a part of that that's in you somewhere, you know, how you handle those situations or what you do with it is up to you, though, you know, so I find that really cool. Uh, It's, um, you know, I was thinking, the subject is, uh, I was doing a lot of thinking this weekend and it reminds me of this particular subject, but, um, you know, Thinking about your genetics and what you're predisposed to and, you know, issues you have with your own self, I think you can go one of two directions with it. Either one, you can feel sorry for yourself um, and just be like, fuck it, you know, uh, I suck at this or I'm never going to be good at that or I'm short or whatever. Or you can accept the reality and then do and then just understand that uh, it can also be a gift. You know what I'm saying? The reason why I had that particular thought is uh, I've obviously made no, um, you know, I've, I've not. It's not a secret that I've dealt with uh, gut issues, and they've gotten a lot worse as I've got older. But I've always been kind of predisposed to them. If you talk to my my mom, she'll tell you when I was a kid, I always had kind of sensitive. You know, she'd say I had a sensitive uh, stomach, or as Adam would say, a sensitive tummy, mm. uh, where I'd eat certain things, and I was predisposed to having. Um, 
you know, diarrhea, for example, was when I was a kid. And I got real frustrated with it sometimes because like this weekend, um, you know, I'm having gut issues again. And I can kind of identify some of the reasons why. But for the most part, I'm a very health conscious individual. Uh, And it's it can be very frustrating because I'm a health conscious person. I do all these things for my fucking health. And then I got to deal with this bullshit and it, it can really piss me off. Mm-hmm. And I know people in the same boat with different things. You know what I mean? Like, well, you know, it's harder. Well, it's so hard for me to lose weight versus other people or it's so hard for me. I can't be as strong as this other person or I can't, you know, my, you know, I, I, I tend to have bad skin versus other. And you can feel sorry and angry uh, uh, for sorry for yourself and feel angry at the situation. I started getting like that. I caught myself like. You know, and the thought process I got into uh, started getting really negative. You know, again, because I, uh, what was going on in my mind is I'm way more health conscious than most people. I do a lot of the right stuff. And yet here I am dealing with this fucking bullshit that affects both my performance, my mood, you know, uh, affects everything, you know, and I'm sure I'm making it bigger than it really is, but it really irritates me because I feel like I'm so healthy. But then on the flip side, you know, because when I get real negative, what I try to do is I try to uh, try to flip things because being negative about something just adding a layer on top of it. Right. On top of a situation that's... That's already happened. It's, it's there. Not, it's not benefiting. It's, it's already, already there, right? It's already happened. Can't it's already it. there. And what I, what I started to, to realize is I'm actually grateful. Uh, I'm grateful that I have gut issues because... It's an opportunity for growth. Besides that... The way I'm looking at it is I have this very obvious outward sign that I need to change things uh, with my health and wellness. Um, a lot of people don't have that luxury. A lot of people don't have an outward clear sign. A lot of people have these kind of subtle chronic signs that don't, you know, like mine's obvious. Mine's you know very I, obvious. You know, this is how I they don't used, feel urgent. Do you know this is how I used to talk to clients that uh, would come in and they would be really... Uh, down and depressed on themselves about how much weight they were carrying on themselves. And I actually used to spin that on them and tell them that, you know, think of it this, this is kind of a blessing in disguise because a lot of people go 20, 30, 40 years of their lives poisoning the inside of their body, not realizing it because their body is not showing it. Your body is showing you that you're doing something to it, that it needs to change. And you can, you can obviously see it. So take Mm -hmm. this as a blessing in disguise because I get clients that are 20 years older than you that have all these major issues that we can't reverse because mm-hmm. they've done damage because they thought they were healthy because they looked at themselves in the mirror and they were skinny. And so, and the, re- and the reality is I know what to do. Like I have the tools necessary, uh, available to me that I know work with my body. I know, uh, the reasons why things are off for me. It's just an obvious signal. I tend to push it and ignore it till it becomes really obvious. And then I'm like, okay. And it reminds me, okay, those things that, you know, I, I ate out a lot. I was eating out a lot last week. I had guests over my, my girlfriend's mother and niece and nephew were staying with us. Uh, it was harder for me to get, um, you know, quality sleep because I wasn't sleeping in my bed. We were, you know, we were sleeping downstairs and, um, you know, obviously the stress of, you know, you want to make sure everything's good for everybody eating out more, like I said, and so I know what to do. Like I know exactly what to do to start reversing those things. And the reality is that my when my gut is off now, it's way, way better than it used to be when it would get off. You know what I'm saying? And I have the steps. I have there are steps that I take now 
that I didn't do before. There are things I've identified that I can add to my diet that I can do uh, with my nutrition um, to, you know, balance me out. Um, and I'm just going to continue focusing on those things. Well, so. when we went up and saw Dr. Ruscio, I, I overheard you guys kind of discussing some of this and he was talking some of the, the shrooms and stuff like that. Have you been using those at all? Oh, yeah. So, so mushrooms are... So a while ago, I listened to an episode of one of my favorite podcasts, Smart Drug Smarts. And I don't remember what episode number. It was a while ago. But there was a whole episode on uh, mushrooms and fungi in general. And I did not realize that uh, mushrooms are not um, plants. Mm -hmm. They're in their own category. Of uh, like, if you look at uh, like the categories of animals, plants, they bacteria, clean up the forest floor. Yeah, they're on. They're, they're in their own category. They're not plants. Mm -hmm. And the reason why this was a big uh, breakthrough for me a while ago when I learned about that, and this was probably about mm, I want to say about eight or nine months ago, maybe maybe a year ago. Um, the reason why this was a breakthrough for me was the expert that was talking on the podcast was talking about how. We are. We understand that it's a good idea. That it's it's a good thing for our health to regularly eat vegetables, fruits, uh, some nuts, seeds, and uh, when you're talking about an omnivore diet, uh, you know, well sourced and quality meat, uh, animal type products, right? But we forget that fungi um, are also very important part of a regular diet. We actually don't even we include that in vegetables to the point where. Someone can tell you, no, I eat vegetables all the time and may never eat. Uh, Doesn't touch you. Never touch them. Fungi. And some of the benefits uh, of fungi on health, uh, because what that episode did is it spurred me to do a lot of research on fungi. And what I realized was in ancient uh, uh, medicines like uh, uh, Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine, both of which I respect quite a bit because they have such a, a long pedigree. Of, uh, of treatments and they're very whole body type treatment. Like if you go to a Chinese medicine or an mm -hmm. Ayurvedic medicine expert and you go in with some type of a chronic symptom, it's never take this, right. you know, take this supplement, take this herb, take this mushroom. It's always, okay, let's look at your sleep. Let's look at mm -hmm. your outlook. Let's look at your activity. Let's look at your diet you and, consider on everything. and on top of it, take this, you know, herb or whatever. Well, mushrooms make up a huge part of uh, the types of things that they recommend. In fact, if you go to a Chinese medicine doctor or a Ayurvedic medicine doctor and they are going to recommend that you take something, the odds are it's, it's some type of a mushroom. Um, and there's that much of a benefit. So I said I did some more hmm. research and in that period of time, this has been now over the course of a year, um, I've implemented uh, mushrooms into my protocol for certain things. And I haven't talked a whole lot about it because I don't like to talk too much. I have brought it up a few times, but I don't like to talk too much about, um, you know, taking things until I feel real confident in them because I know we tend to have a, a pretty good influence. And there's been a couple of times where we've mentioned something and I'll get all these messages mm -hmm. and people are doing it. And I'm like, I have to correct them. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I'm experimenting. I'm not recommending it yet. Well, mushrooms is something that I highly recommend people look into uh, because of their benefit uh, on the body. And, and uh, one of the things that I've done that's helped me a lot with my gut health, both directly and uh, indirectly, is I've been using uh, reishi uh, mm. mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And reishi mushrooms have this great balancing effect uh, on my body. Really calming effect. Like I'll take them at night and I've noticed, um, and it's not something I do 
like it's not like a it's not like a, a you eat them raw or is it like a tea or so uh they're hard to find raw they're pretty gross actually to be honest with you and okay. if you're going to use them medicinally which uh which I the way I use them is I use them medicinally so I'll use them when I feel like I'm in uh, a lot of stress or I need uh, better quality sleep or I'm having more gut issues is I was using them uh, uh medicinally so I'd start supplementing with them and I learned that um, there's there's certain compounds in mushrooms that you get from grinding up the mushroom and having like an like a dry extract from it, and there's stuff that you can get from them by uh, through heat, through like water, mm-hmm. and they're both different. So a while ago, um, I found uh, a, a company that actually does um, does that. They do both. In their extract, so it was at Paleo Effects, right? Was uh, that, that's, when you, that's when you first introduced them to me. Yeah, Four Sigmatic does that. They do the, they're very very focused on quality, so they do a dual extract process. You get all of it. So that's the one that I use. It's very convenient, mm. um, so I don't have to buy the actual mushrooms and then kind of grind it and do all that stuff myself. And um, I, I use it at night, especially when I feel like I'm in higher levels of stress. I notice mm. a, a uh, direct benefit on. Um, like uh, just making me feel more balanced. Mm-hmm. And then indirectly, I started noticing more gut uh, benefit. And so I did bring this up to Dr. Ruscio and he did say, yes, that's actually something that... Yeah, I remember just that last trip we just mm-hmm. did, I heard you guys talking about that. And since we're bringing this up, uh, while I was talking, I did Google um, their name. And here's the, the, the studies. So people who are really science-based, these are the things that have been shown actual benefit. And a lot of these studies are done in Japan, China, some in the, U- in the UK and some in the U- US. Um, they have been used to help people with chronic fatigue syndrome, which uh, uh, that's when I start to use it because I think it's, it has to do with stress. Um, liver disease, food allergies and asthma, digestive uh, problems, uh, tumor growth and cancer. Here's what's interesting about uh, mushrooms in general. When my uh, f- close family member was diagnosed with cancer years, uh, a few years ago, uh, part of the things that I would have her uh, look work with were mushrooms because um, there's some pretty interesting effects that mushrooms have on tumor growth. But anyway, um, uh, just uh, it's part of a protocol. It's not something about. It's not like I'm like, uh oh, I'm having these issues. I'm just going to take this. Um, I also do fasting. Uh, it's really really good for my gut. Well, it's part of your. Um, explain why I see it's part of your protocol, and people need to understand this that. It's when you get the signs, when your body tells you it's already too late, like it's already happened to you, mm-hmm. right? Like you've already, you're already dealing with it. I think that's the same thing like with pain. Like we talked about this the other day when, you know, your body gives you these signs of pain because you have some sort of dysfunction or imbalance. Like that's the last signal. Like shit was wrong six months before that. And so learning, learning that to be proactive like this. I mean, I, I notice it right now with me with. Uh, ever since you and I talked about the uh, vitamin D deficiency being connected to people with psoriasis, mm-hmm. and when I'm when I'm good about making sure I'm taking that, uh, I notice my my psoriasis stays suppressed big time. It's a major difference for difference maker for me. And if I'm lazy about it, uh, I can get away for you know a week or so, and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, it'll flare up really bad. Well, so I got to recognize what's going on with your body, like the awareness part of it for sure. Like yeah, like. Maybe you're too late as far as like, okay, the gut, um, you know, it's talking to you and it's, it's, it's past the point where now I got to treat it. But like going forward, you know, what are the steps that I'm going to take to uh, be more preventative, be more proactive in, you know, managing that so it doesn't flare up uh, the same way it does every time? This is what really fascinates me.
resonates me with the business that we just recently talked to with the guys at um, not Iron Radio, but the other one that we interviewed that Thrive, same, Thrive, yeah, Thrive when, Market, yeah. Yeah, when we no, no, not Thrive no, Market, no, no. Thrive, Thrive, the, the no, podcast, yeah. uh, Thrive <laughs> Nourish, Balance and Thrive. Yeah, they they are working on that survey, and I think the the more that we start diving into that, I think is going to be really cool because the only real problem I ever had with ever recommending supplements for people is it's so hard. If I don't know where what you're lacking, like mm-hmm. to tell, like when people ask me, like even a generic question, like, oh, should I take fish oil? Like, I don't know. Should you? Like, it really depends. Yeah, if you eat a lot of fish. Why the fuck would you? Yeah, have to exactly. Take? If you're somebody who eats fish on a regular basis, there's no real need for it. Or if you eat a very highly processed, high six and nine diet, then it's still a waste of money too. Even if you do have fish every once in a while. So right. understanding what your body needs. And then supplementing. Well, supplementing can be a huge can be a huge game changer for somebody if you understand where you're lacking. Oh my God! If you have a deficiency in a nutrient, and you supplement with that nutrient, life changing moment. Better it's, than any muscle builder, fat burner oh you'll, you'll ever pay for on the market. Oh my is God! Look, learning what you're deficient in and giving the body what it needs. If you have, uh, if there's certain gut issues that people will have, for example, and they have issues. Uh, absorbing B vitamins, okay? Someone like that could get a shot, like literally an inject, because they can't absorb B vitamins or they have issues absorbing them. You give them an injection of B12 and it's like you you turn the lights on. Like, oh my God. And you'll talk to people who'll be like, oh my God, I get I B12 know, some shot. Some people get huge energy boosts from that. You give a B12 shot to someone who absorbs B vitamins, fine. They're going to notice zero. Yeah. Zero from it. I know. And, and That's here, me. Here's I, like, the, here's I got the, plenty. Here's the problem with how we treat supplements in uh, Western societies. We look at supplements the same way Western medicine views uh, medicine in that you're taking an acute compound that's going to give you an acute effect to handle a symptom very strongly. So when you look at supplements, they're actually marketed and processed and developed to mimic what drugs do, um, which I, I believe is a huge uh, disservice. For example, we were just talking about mushrooms, right? Uh, Chinese medicine or Ayurvedic medicine will take the whole mushroom <coughs> And we'll put it in an extract in a way to where you can consume it um, easily and regularly. So like Chinese medicine will say, here's your mushrooms, boil them in water, drink the water, and then eat the mushrooms afterwards, right? Western medicine scientists or Western scientists will look at the mushroom and say, what is the compound within the mushroom that we think is giving the benefit? Then what they'll do is they'll take that out and they'll standardize it and concentrate the fuck out of it. So then now two pills of this particular extract is worth, you know, 500, you know, uh, servings of this natural mushroom. And they'll be like, here you go. This is what you're going to, this is what you want. And that's not good because the, the reason why herbs and plants and mushrooms and those types of quote unquote supplements are so effective for chronic issues is for the, the is the is the is the fact that they're whole. Mm-hmm. There's there's an entourage effect of how it works. It's gentle on the body. Anything that has a very strong, acute effect on the body will cause a reaction from the body to try and balance itself out. So anything that I take that I feel right away, unless I'm I'm replacing a deficiency. So forget that. Right. I I have all the nutrients I need. I'm, I'm there's no problem with that. Whatever. And I take this pill. And next thing you know, I'm fucking hyped. Like, whoa, what did you give me? I have so much energy. My body is going to aim 
to balance itself out in the sense that it doesn't want extremes in either direction. So the next time I take that pill, whatever effect it had on me is going to start becoming smaller. And if I keep taking that pill, I'm going to start developing a tolerance to it. And I'm going to start, start to the point where my body is thinking it's balancing itself out because it's assuming you're going to continue taking that pill. And now I've become dependent on that pill. Right. And then when I stop taking that pill, I have withdrawal. What you want to do, what, you're, what you should do is identify why you need that pill in the first place. And mm-hmm. what herbs do uh, with that holistic approach is they say, let's identify the root cause. And while your body's healing, here are some things you can take that are going to help your body move in that direction, not give you this huge slam and try and force you in that direction because you can't do that. Your body tries to balance it. And this is with anything. You take any hormone. Take a hormone. Your body will stop producing uh, that hormone to try to balance it out. Right. You know, uh, cannabinoids. We've talked about marijuana so many times and how it, it's got lots of benefit. You smoke a shit ton of weed or you eat a lot of weed, your body very likely will stop producing or, or lower its production of its own endocannabinoids and it will uh, downregulate uh, cannabinoid receptors. And all the evidence you need is smoke a bunch of weed every day for a long time and at some point you'll stop feeling it and you'll need to take more. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's the approach that I think people need to have. Otherwise, you end up just throwing a bunch of shit at symptoms. You just keep trying to patch up symptoms and eventually you run out of things to throw at your symptoms and then you're fucked. So, so true. Bring on that bird, Doug! This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. The first question is from the Green Deviant. What are your thoughts on pulsing supplements to encourage the body's natural function? Oh what? man, what a perfect segue! Pulsing supplements. What are pulsing supplements? Yeah, uh, so mean? he means like taking instead of taking supplements all the time, like taking this supplement all the time, taking them for short periods of time and then not taking them. So, so s- pulsing s- them. S- oh, I'm like just cycling, cycling them. Yeah, yeah. Cy- cycling them on yes, and off. Pulsing is yes. an interesting. Yeah, no, I've never verb. heard anybody use that like yeah. that. I, I, this is how you should take supplements. 100%. Yeah. We yeah. used to say cycling them on and off all the time. I mean, I, I believe this with almost everything. Like you just were talking about marijuana just a second ago. I feel like marijuana, any sort of pain medication you may take, any sort of anything that you take, I feel like it's just important. To, Even food. Right. Exactly. We yeah. talk about food rotation. Like I think rotating things on the body, uh, and and I think there's uh you don't need to do it every day. It doesn't need to be crazy. You know, workouts, same thing too, right? Everything needs to have this this natural rotation. I, I feel like that makes the body run really efficiently. And when you, you keep giving anything the same thing all the time, all the time, all the time, it adapts, it gets efficient and the great benefits that you were seeing from whatever whatever it was, whether it be a modality of training, a nutrient you're taking in, a drug you're taking, uh, those benefits diminish on mm-hmm. all of those things. So uh, the whole cyclical approach is a much better approach than well, uh, gro- growth is like a bell curve, right? So if you're if you're going into um, you know with the focus of change, like whether it's my body or um, you know my health or you know like. 
you're going to introduce things and you're going to introduce things. They're going to have a certain period where, you know, you're going to spike, you're going to get at the peak, the pinnacle of, you know, whatever that's providing you at that given time. But, you know, just like anything else, like it's just going to slowly start to decline back uh, because you get so efficient, like, and you, and you've done this and, and it's, your body's regulated and adapted to this. So. Dude, it's, it's, uh, I mean, like Adam said, it's, true for everything like uh here an example there's lots of evidence now to to show to suggest that consuming high levels of protein all the time reduces your body's sensitivity to protein so you stop becoming you stop utilizing it uh for its best benefit and you just start using it uh to to turn into energy uh, some of the best gains that i get from uh, a high protein diet come from when I'm eating low protein, then I throw in a high protein yeah. diet. I definitely can attest to that too. Yeah. Especially in the last year or so, I've played around a lot with this because we have this big debate on whether somebody needs protein supplement or whatever. And I definitely uh, know that I I need to utilize a, a powder, you know, intermittently throughout my week because I just on a day to day basis struggle, but. I have seen huge benefits to me having these super low days and then also then having a nice big undulating, just like we talk about undulating your calories, even mm-hmm. undulating the protein intake where, you know, our bodies don't work on this exact, you know, this made up thing we call time, you know, this made up <laughs> thing we call time of in 24 hour uh, days, you know, it's like the body doesn't work that way. It doesn't know the difference between 24 hours and seven hours. It's, I, it's really fascinating how when you think of it like that, you know, it's what's the difference of you having 75 grams of protein one day and then 350 the next day? You know? I would I would even love to see this. Like, So we talk about undulating calories and how um, how, be- how much better that is in our experience when it comes to fat loss or muscle gain, right? Instead of having like the same amount of calories every day, some are lower, some are higher. At the end of the week, it averages out to what we're looking for. I would love to see a study where people eat consistently the same amount of protein at what we've established to be the the optimal range for protein, right? 0.6 to 0.8 grams per pound of body weight for most people. I would love to see a study where you do that every single day versus some days you're way over, some days you're lower, some days you're at it, and then it adds up to the same amount at the end of the week. I would love to see it, what the difference would be in terms of uh, you know performance, muscle gains, and then all the other metrics because there's a lot of metrics we want to look at as well in terms of energy, digestion, um, you know, mood, like all those things. I'd love to see what the difference, you know, would be in that particular sense. I mean, I know in my, my personal experiences, I've, I feel better than I ever have on the way I'm eating right now, which is this, you know, at the, like you just said, the end of the week, I'm averaging right around 200 to 210 grams of protein. So 200, 210 is about what I average. Yeah, per day, but it doesn't look like that. Some days are 160, and then some days I go way over 200 something. And some days I'll fall right on it. So I go everywhere, all the way from as well. Sometimes I'll schedule an even lower day than 160, but typically 160 up to to about 250 range, and everything in between there. And I find that my body does way better that way. On and I feel like it. It's weird. It reminds me of what I used to feel like when I would carb deplete uh, for a show and then refeed or like that feeling afterwards, that post almost anabolic feeling from it. It's pretty cool to see, uh, to see the difference, you know? And I know right now, like uh, the amount of testosterone that I'm on right now, where, how I'm training volume wise, like 
I'm doing the least with the least amount of work, with the least amount of stress food-wise, and, and the probably the best shape I've ever been. Nowhere near my stage competitive getting on there and competing at the elite level. But uh, I mean, I'm not I haven't carried I haven't carried meals around. I haven't really had to uh, stress about making sure every day I get that 220 grams of protein mark. It's just like, oh, I only had 160 today. I'll mm-hmm. make sure that I have 240 tomorrow. You know, oh, I only, I only had, oh, I'll just make, you know, and this is and you're finding that it's much more sustainable. Yeah, it's just more sustainable. It's it's way easier to do. And I actually am feeling good response mm-hmm. from it. So. Well, you know, when you take obviously so, anecdotal, but. when you take so first off, the human metabolism or just metabolism in general, animal metabolism, is uh, probably the second most complex thing that we've observed in the universe. Uh, right, uh, right uh, underneath uh, the way the human brain uh, works and processes and develops consciousness, it's literally that complex, and we're learning more and more about it all the time. And every time we learn something new, we're 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 blown away. And we realized that we didn't know nearly as much as we thought. And one thing you have to understand is with human metabolism in particular, there are innumerable ways that the, bo- that the body tries to balance itself out. Okay, So if I take a supplement that has an effect on my body, my body can change its microbiome to balance out that effect. It can change, it can downregulate receptors to affect that change. It can uh, affect its own chemical uh, neurotransmitter hormone production to affect that change. It can affect my appetite to change my food intake to affect to 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 influence how that everything feels. There's so many different factors. I'm naming the ones that I know of, but there's many, many more that can change and modulate how that thing is uh, reacting with your body. So whatever reaction you're getting initially from a supplement is not the same reaction you're going to continue to get as you continue to take that particular supplement. So if you're getting favorable benefit from supplementing with, you know, creatine, at some point your body will reduce its production of creatine and maybe down you know, dang regulate the way it utilizes creatine, for example. Uh, and that's creatine. That's like the most backed by science, most amazing, you know, awesome uh, supplement that's pretty much out there. Um, this is true for anything else. Um, there's almost nothing that should be taken all the time unless you have, you know, a, a really strong desire or need, unless you're really treating something within yourself. Like I said, if you have an issue producing a yeah, particular like, nutrient. Like the vitamin or, D thing for me is something that I should be pretty damn consistent with taking it, especially yeah. if I'm not getting a lot of su- sunlight. I'm inside of a building that has no windows all day long. That's something that if I'm already deficient there, I, I've put together that I am deficient right. there. Um, and we can even take that a step further, right? We could, which would take, which is you've been doing and would just continue to take more and more work is slowly start to dive in and, and really uncover the root cause of whether it be the deficiency in vitamin D or the root cause of the psoriasis. Right. Um, you know, but that would take more, you know, you'd ha- you, you just kind of keep going deeper and deeper and deeper, which takes a lot more work, What you're doing, which you're, it's not like you're not doing it. But my, my point is with supplements, as with almost anything else, you're going to get your best benefit by, even if you're a performance-based athlete uh, or aesthetic-based athlete, by cycling them and allowing the body to reap the benefits uh, and mitigate the side effects, allowing the body to adapt and slowly come off and then try something else. So um, that's, that's, that's the recommendation. That's the recommendation with nutrition. That's the recommendation with supplementation. 
and with your workouts. Quick commercial break, you guys. We keep getting asked all the time, how can I support the Mind Pump family? Here's one of the best ways you guys can. You guys love that Chimera Coffee that we have. Chimera Coffee with a K. You go to ChimeraCoffee.com, put in the discount code MINDPUMP for 10% at the checkout. Also, if you guys want to know how I have this luxurious beard and you want one too, go to BigTopBeardCompany.com, put in the discount Mind Pump again, but this time for 33% off. Also, you guys, if you guys have not tried Ben Greenfield's new bars out, they're fantastic. If you want some, go to BenGreenfieldFitness.com forward slash Nature Bite, put in the code Mind Pump and get 10% off. Go check it out. Cody K90. Can you guys offer any advice on ways to introduce yourself to other professionals? Oh, hmm. I like this question. This is um, yeah. So, what are the challenges? Do a little with networking. This? Huh? Well, you know, and I, I think I've said this on this show before that you know your your true net worth is your net circle, and I tell you what, probably one of the most important things I ever put together. And I think I can't remember what book I read. This was in my early twenties, and uh, I remember first reading about Henry Ford's story. And um, just he attributes a lot of his success uh, by surrounding himself around other brilliant men. And he's got a ton of great quotes and, and great stories around that. And I remember, you know, thinking to myself, like how important that is, like as you start to elevate yourself as a professional, that you just you can't simply do it all by yourself. And I have great examples of people in my current life and uh, people we've had people on this show before that are kind of one man team, you know, and they, and they, uh, and they've been very successful for a one man team. They, they, they're jack of all trades, super talented, hardworking, but you tend to hit a, a ceiling when you, when you rely on a, what you're capable of doing. And it really takes, uh, your ability to network with others to mm. elevate to a whole nother level. And so the importance of this is huge. I think where a lot of people struggle is the the social awareness piece is um, understanding who you're communicating to. I think the three of us in this room were very blessed that we fell into a profession that kind of forces you to do that. If you're going to excel and be good at it, at least because you're, you know, you got each of us in here have easily trained 10 plus people in a day before and try having 10 converse, one hour straight conversations with 10 different people and 10 personalities. It really forces you to be a chameleon mm -hmm. and, read the other person like what their interests are their their demeanor their tone everything and then learning how to mirror that uh i think is a is an important piece to uh being able to conversate with professionals so i think that's a, mm. a place to start and important yeah well definitely that i mean uh, this has always been something um for me that's that's been a growth, a, a development, something I had to like force myself to get better at and immerse myself in an environment that, um, you know, placed pressure on that. And so, um, you know, for me, it started off with just waiting tables and then it started off and then I started bartending and just the small talk element of it. Like for me, like um, I, I kept that close to myself. I kept that between like me and a couple of my friends. And so getting outside of that and really starting to express myself more took a lot of work, man. It took some training and it took, um, um, you know, like just me, like really putting emphasis on that and, um, going up to people and figuring out, um, you know, the best approach for that, the, the opening line or, you know, just like, hello. And then like, where do we go from here? Like you just, 
you just get better as the more reps you, you kind of place into that. And it's kind of funny because, um, you know, going through, um, sort of like a timeline of all the different characters I've met that have tried to help coach me with this. And, and you know, everybody has their own style and their own approach and, uh, the, you know, they're charismatic in different ways. <laughs> I ran into a couple of people that were like the fake it till you make it kind of characters. Right. And, uh, so there's always that, like, I, I highly caution against taking that approach. I just don't feel like, um, you know, in today's day and age, like if you're not authentic right from the get go, and then you're, you're, you're planning on later on kind of evolving into this character that you're creating, like, uh, you're going to have a tough, tough time and, and people are not going to take you seriously after that. Well, so. someone calls you out on it, man. If you're done. You're fucked. Yeah. I yeah. think I, the, only, the only way I would apply fake it to your make it would be more in my, like, if I'm like, fuck, I'm so nervous right now. Well, I'm going to pretend like I'm real confident. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like that well, type of thing. That's different though. Yeah. I, I'm talking about like people that would create you know, like famous people they've trained or right, right. Know, yeah. like, act like, like they're bullshit. they're bigger than what they really yeah, are. Yeah, no, right? that's stupid. And the funny thing is people really love, um, at least good people really love honesty. You know, one of the easiest ways to introduce yourself or talk to other professionals is uh, ask them about what they do. There, there's yeah, let them talk. Nobody has, like, it's, everybody likes to talk about themselves. It's not, uh, they appreciate it almost. It opens up the conversation. Then it becomes easy to kind of introduce what you do. Like if you're at a party, you know, imagine saying, thinking in your head like, okay, I want to tell people that I'm a trainer so I can start talking about, you know, personal training. I mean, that's fucking tough. Like, what do you do? Hey, hi, I'm Sal. I'm a personal trainer. They'll look at you like you're a fucking idiot. You can introduce yourself and be like, hey, what do you do for a living? And next thing you know, they're going to talk about what they're doing for a living. And then you're asking them questions about what they're doing for a living. Like, well, what's that like? Who do you work with? Wow, that sounds really cool. That's Now you're having this great conversation mainly them talking, you listening. And at some point, the high odds are they're going to ask you what you do. And then you can get into, uh, you know, talking a little bit about uh, what you do. Um, uh, I'll give you some some actual takeaway things that you can do as far as put, putting systems in place to uh, enhance this whole thing. So I wanted to hear what the boys had to say. This is really uh, my favorite part uh, of what we do. I love um, networking with people. Mm -hmm. I love building relationships. I pride myself on um, being pretty good at that. And over years, there's certain things that I've put in place to to learn to manage that. And you kind of have to, as, as as your network grows and the amount of people that you're, disc you're talking to uh, grows, uh, to keep those relationships takes a lot more work. And in my case, is taking the help of like an assistant. So I actually have somebody who helps me do a lot of this relationship building with professionals. But what it starts with, and this is what a lot of people don't have the stomach for, is the all the fucking work and all the, everything that you have to give to yeah. build the relationship. You. you have to give yes. a lot. You, so, and for me, I, I know w what I'm good at. I'm, I couldn't fix a dryer if it broke or a light bulb went out in my house. These are not my skills. What I know what my skills are and what I can provide for another professional. So if I meet like a Dr. Ruscio who we like or a Dr. Brink or a, you know, Paul Check or, you know, you meet the Tom Bill, you these great minds that we've had on the show. I what I'm looking for is what I'm really, really good at and maybe something that are not as good at that I can provide that service to them. And sometimes that is something to do with um 
uh, social stuff, or it has, sometimes it's business related. Sometimes it's fit, fitness and health and nutrition stuff, or just um, other contacts in your list, right? You connect them, to. sharing, yeah, yeah. sharing other related. Exactly, it'd be on the business side, right? Yeah. If I see that they need help in the business side, so I, I first look for where can I help this person? What can I do for them? Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I do it without expecting anything in return. I want to genuinely get if I like this person and I want to build a relationship with this professional. I want to give him or her something uh, that I'm really good at or that I could provide for them that is of value. And it, most people will appreciate that. And But that's where the, the part that I said people can't stomach or keep doing is that it doesn't stop there. Like So from that point, now I've established the beginning of this relationship, and then I'm going to continue to water it. Now, where I'm at now in my career compared to where I was, I had to do a lot of this on my own. But now I rely on an assistant that I can say, listen... Um, I want, uh, you know, an email to go to this person, a letter to go to this person, um, make sure that you, uh, send a hey, happy birthday to this person's kids. Like if I have a professional, I know that's a total family man or woman. And like, they're telling me a lot about their family. I'm going to take note of that. And I'm going to make sure that I make a comment, uh, something related to that to show that person that I genuinely cared about their conversation and cared about something that they care about. Like being able to connect with people like that and then to continue to foster that over time because everybody, uh, it, or at least most people in business know that that's important, but then a lot of times it's fake. It's not real. It's just they put up a front and then when they go their separate ways, they never hear from each other. No, They don't give a shit about what they're doing. They were just maybe using each other for a mutual benefit. But if you are the guy or girl who follows up on these people and you're constantly staying in touch with them and and doing those little things to show that you care about their profession and their family and their lives, uh, you really can foster those relationships. But it's first you got to give you got to give like crazy and and not. And a lot of times and this happens to me all the time. uh, And I've expressed this to the boys before. I'm just like, you know, I'll give you an example. Like sometimes I'll open my doors to, to people where I'll, I'll let them come in, stay with me and and I'll mentor and talk business with them and, and spend two or three days because I know that there, this could be a potential solid relationship for the business and us down the road. And I, I want to help foster and build that. So sometimes I'll spend time with a person like this. And then after three or four days, I realize like, this is not going to be a beneficial relationship or this person is not going to return anything or do anything for us. And I've literally just wasted three well, days of energy. That's when you're dealing with an energy suck. Yeah. And that's, but that's part of this. This, mm-hmm. that is part of, you're going to have those situations where you pour yourself into another professional, hoping that they receive it and you form a relationship. And sometimes you won't. And you can't be discouraged by that because if you continue being that person, eventually you will get somebody who respects you for that or appreciates that and you'll forge these great relations. Then from there, it's about fostering it. I think what's one thing that's funny about this question is uh, makes me remember introducing myself to people now, like, you know, new friends or like my girlfriend's family when I first met them and they're like, so what do you do for a living? Yeah. yeah. What do you guys say? Like I just, I oh, know. I have a fitness podcast. It changed. Huh? Yeah. yeah. What's that? And then you got to, how do you, I, well, her dad even asked me, we're, we were talking. Little he's like, podcast. He's like, what do you say? So, so what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I have a, a fitness podcast. And he's like, what's a podcast? I'm like, oh, it's kind of like a, a radio show. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, well, what else do you do? I'm like, well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's kind of yeah, it. Yeah, that's kind of cute. And but... he's like, how do you make money? <laughs> I have to explain yeah, yeah. like. What to do it was a lot easier when I was just a, when I just said personal trainer. Yeah. People kind of got it. 
Uh, yeah, I, do, I actually I, like it now that we have like you know complex titles yeah. <laughs> <laughs> instead of just trainer. I used well, to get so irritated. I think I just say radio show because a podcast. Yeah. A lot of people don't know what a podcast. Like, what is. What station and, are you on? Yeah, right. Then you, yeah. Then you get that follow up. I don't, but I definitely think that that's an awesome question, and I think that it's. You know, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to give. Find what your strengths are. Well, it's an essential piece to to growth in your business. I mean, like the network. Like I, I feel like this is definitely a piece a lot of people neglect, and that's why you know you do have to go into that like grade of detail, like Adam's talking about with each person. You're 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 always thinking about what you can give that person. You're never thinking about what you can immediately benefit from them. You're just you're just putting yourself out there, and then. You know, when the timing is right and, you know, you have something where you're like, oh, man, I, and you just notify them like, hey, I have this thing I'm doing and I'd love for you to come, you know, with me or whatever. That's when, you know, they're going to show up. Right. I, I mean, established that. I like I just I think it was like maybe two days ago. Um, I called Brianna and said, I, I need your help. I need you to have Cassie put together a list. And I want like literally everybody we've had on because it's getting tough for me like i'm having a hard time managing this part of the business right now that i have to get even more systematic about it where i'm like okay i need everybody and anybody that's been on the show i want all their their social media presence i want their emailing their home address i want all these things that i can reach them that way now i can say hey it's been you know a couple weeks since i've reached out to this person send Mm -hmm. this to them send that to them and put birth dates all that shit like i gotta I now have to be more organized about it for the amount of professionals now that we've connected with. So that is obviously an evolution, though, of the first, like I said, the giving, giving yourself and and providing for others. I think that a lot of people are afraid to do that, you know. Diego MDE to MIA. Occlusion training. Is it good for long term muscle growth or just for a temporary pump? This is a um, so we uh, this was something we addressed a long time ago um, when we started Mind Pump. It was a relatively new form of training. It, now, the research that goes behind occlusion training goes back it was actually underground. It for goes sure. back to the late mid to late nineties in Japan. Uh, Japanese researchers noticed that when they would uh, occlude a muscle and train it, and I'll get into what that means by the way, when they'd occlude a muscle and train it that uh, people uh, would uh, build muscle um, like as if they were lifting heavy weight. It might even go back further. I think uh, Doug's mentioning, uh, motioning to me like it went back even further. But the actual technique behind it uh, that I was aware of was actually in the late 90s um, in Japan, like I said. So first off, let's talk about the pump. The pump is a temporary feeling. It's, it's a, the technical term for it is a transient sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. And sarcoplasm is everything besides muscle fibers, um, and it's transient in the sense that you get this pump because there's more blood in the muscle than there normally is, and then it goes away because the blood rushes out. You get that way exaggerated with occlusion training. However, the pump by itself also contributes to muscle growth. So although the pump itself is temporary, getting a pump seems to signal muscle growth for one of two reasons. One, the ability to get a pump means you're probably in an environment where it's optimal for muscle growth. And two, the pump itself, we're now showing to have uh, muscle uh, fiber stimulating growth. The growth that you get from occlusion training is muscle fiber growth. It's real. So it's not just this temporary effect. You do get this crazy pump when you get, uh, when you do occlusion. Um, 
that uh, it's the most intense pump you'll ever have in your entire life. Oh, it was it was discovered in 1966. Excellent, very cool. Thanks, Doug. Um, you do get a, a ridiculous pump like you've never had before, and it does go away when you take the the bands off your arms or the straps off your arms. But it does stimulate muscle growth differently than traditional muscle. Uh, excuse me, traditional exercise. With traditional exercise, you get what's called mechanical stress on the muscle fibers, and you get metabolic stress on the uh, on the muscles. Mechanical stress comes from the load. It's heavy weight. You're grinding it out. The muscle fibers have to contract really hard. That causes some kind of damage. Then there's this metabolic stress from everything from lactic acid that go, you know, goes into muscle, the type of energy that you use, the, you know, the pump, the burn. That's all metabolic stress. Occlusion training doesn't do very good of a job of mechanical stress because you'll notice when you do occlusion training, you can't lift nearly... But this is also what makes it so awesome for like rehab and people that have injuries that can't do a lot of weight. You are getting a lot of metabolic stress on the muscle. Um, So to go into what occlusion training looks like, if I were to do this on my arms, and we're going to film a YouTube video today on occlusion training. So I think it'll be up when this episode comes up and you can refer to it. But with occlusion training, I'm wrapping, if I'm doing my arms, for example, I'm wrapping a knee wrap at the top of my arm. And I'm doing it tight enough to restrict venous outflow. Now, I'm not cutting off blood to my arm. If you do that, you're, you're going to hurt yourself and uh, it's going to be dangerous. You're not going to build more muscle. But if I do it uh, so it's loose enough to allow some blood flow but tight enough to restrict fl- uh, some blood flow coming out of my muscle, then I'm going to get this pooling effect in my muscle. So if I'm working out my biceps, I'll get this really intense pump It'll reduce my biceps' ability to pump out waste. So I get this waste buildup within my biceps. You get this insane burn, this insane pump, and you notice this reduced ability to contract the muscle. So as I do sets of curls with 10 pounds, whereas normally I could use 35 pounds, by the second and third set, 10 pounds feels like 60 pounds. I can barely move the weight. It's incredibly painful, and they've created all this metabolic uh, stress on my muscle. When you combine occlusion training to a traditional resistance training routine in the right way, that's a big asterisk there, has to be done properly, you will stimulate muscle growth more than if you didn't use it. And what Adam's saying as far as injury, that's the biggest benefit. Like if I have an injured knee- It's a game changer for that. Oh man, if I have an injured knee, I can't squat with heavy weight, but I can squat with maybe body weight or do a leg extension. Yeah, that's leg really extension like. and blood occluded is huge. Oh yeah. And I'm going to create all this metabolic stress so it's going to prevent muscle atrophy much better than if I didn't do it at all. Um, and I don't need to do heavy weight with it. So for physical therapy, man, occlusion training. We actually wrote a guide on this. We have a guide. We don't talk about it much, but it's available at mindpumpmedia.com. Well, we don't talk about it much because we wanted to write a guide, one, because at the time that this was like two years ago, right? That was one of our early guides. It was hot and trending, and we wanted to show people the right protocol if you're going to do it, but it's not one of those things that we recommend that people, oh, do this only, or this Mm -hmm. is going to be so... Here's the thing, too. Here's the uh, one thing to keep in mind. If you're somebody who trains, uh, similar to my buddy Craig Caperso, where you are very high volume, super setting like crazy... You know, doing uh, a lot of sets and repetitions in a in a workout, uh, constantly pumped and burning all the time. These people t- tend to see the least amount of benefit from it 
because you're getting a lot of the, you know, sarcoplasmic hypertrophy benefits that Sal talked about earlier from kind of training that way. So the adaptation for it is not, you don't see this huge change or difference. Now, someone like me who phases in and out of his workouts and I'm always cycling that, it was a, it was a major, I saw a major difference from it right away. But then I got so excited about it, I was doing it all the time, and then it started to impede on my normal phasing and my normal training for my calves, and it started to kind of plateau pretty hard on them, and I even regressed a little bit. And so I realized that this is not something that should replace how I train my calves or my arms, whatever I'm including. Uh, It should be something that I do supplemental in addition to it. So it'd be great for like how we recommend trigger days and focus days. It's a great, I think, to uh, include into those type of workouts. Yeah, if you're advanced, I would say uh, to include to do like three or four occlusion sets in your training. I don't know, twice a month. Um, oh, I go. I I do it more than that. If you uh, see me work out at Golds, those that work out at the same gym as I do, what do you once a week? I yeah. I, well, I do my calves probably once a week, and every once in a while, I sporadically will throw my arms in there. Um, so, how often do you work calves? T- for throughout the because you're doing it once a week, but you're working out your calves more than once. A oh, week. three to four. My calves get hit three to four times okay. a week. So, so like one out of every three or four workouts. Yeah, and you'll throw it yeah, out. yes. Yeah. And and the, actually, the way what I normally do is if I, um, if I'm trying to basically hit my calves every other day, and if I feel like I I went really heavy maybe the day before I was doing five by five type of protocol, and I felt sore from that from two days ago, I might do a protocol like that where I'm not going to lift a ton of weight on it and like you said do a lot of mechanical damage to it right i'm going to go more towards the sarcoplasmic pump uh that would be a day that i would kind of intermittently throw it in there well i'll tell you i I measured uh my arms and my calves and everything when i did this i gained a legit quarter inch on my arms from doing occlusion training uh you know kind of inserting it um at semi-regular intervals and my calves. I love it. I gained about a quarter. So I mean, a quarter inch on quads are a motherfucker, though. I'll be the, uh, that, um, I've <laughs> I've done that a couple times, and every time I'm like, I don't Ugh. do it on my quads. They get too big. But like <laughs> I said, to add a quarter inch for me is hard. I've been training for so long. Yeah, it's doubling the size of them. I mean, <laughs> I got a half <laughs> half inch guns now. <laughs> it's a. Uh, uh, it was when we, when I first started using it, it was really mind blowing. It was a game changer because it was so different. Um, if you're advanced, I highly recommend giving it a shot, but do it right because I could see how someone would put these on too yeah, tight. It's definitely an advanced tool. It's, uh, to, it, to me, occlusion training is what fasting is to uh, somebody who's just learning about nutrition. It's something that I don't think the average person should mess with, but if you're an advanced lifter and you've been training, for, I think mm-hmm. it's an excellent tool to add to your arsenal. And I'm actually surprised I don't see more of it in the gym. I get looks all the time. When I'm doing it, so I know people are like watching me do it, but they're probably going, "What the fuck is he doing?" And I don't ever get anybody that asks. And if you do ever see me doing this, I don't mind you talking to me or asking me. I feel like sometimes I uh, I look so focused, people are afraid to come over uh-huh. and and say something to me. And I know I see the those shirts, I see our shirts all the time floating around the gym, and you know, come up, say hi. You know, I I don't mind people talking to me right in I, the middle of a set of squats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hey, don't, don't do it. Look then. me in the eyes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Adam. Hey, Adam. Hey, Adam. Hey, Adam. Adam. But I have. I've done. I do. Th- you know this. There's like ass. a couple of things that I do in the gym that I catch people. I know they're going. What the Juicy. fuck? And they're staring at me. This the when I do blood occlusion and when I do sissy squats. 
those two, I always can tell that like people are going, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, you've yeah. seen me doing that. Come over, talk to me. I'll talk to you about why or how I implement it into my convention. Yeah, I put I put occlusion training uh, up there with uh, using bands and chains and you know other types of uh, techniques that you can add to your routine to add to it. Definitely doesn't replace anything. That's for sure. So uh, I made the same mistake as Adam, where I got all carried away with it and kind of started doing yeah, less of add-ons. the add-ons. Tr- yeah, exactly. Sure. Exactly. I wouldn't place it. Um, I wouldn't make it as as effective as trigger sessions or focus session no. type stuff. Well, because those, those are more those are staples. More recovery. Yeah. Those are more staples. You know yeah. what I mean? Quick commercial break. Hey, people ask us all the time how they can support Mind Pump. Here's what you can do. Uh, you can go to www.brain.fm forward slash mind pump and get 20% off Brain FM for meditation or focus. You can also go to audibletrial.com forward slash mind pump and get a 30 day trial plus one free audio book. Lastly, you can go to getnatureblend.com forward slash mind pump and you will get a discount on Ben Greenfield's CBD product. Next up is Bridget Donahue. Would you recommend MAPS Prime Pro to someone who has a permanent neurological injury as a way to regain function? Absolutely. That's who would need it most. Absolutely. So uh, permanent neurological injury or issues, um, you know, like where people MS up- type of deal. Anybody, anybody mm. with any anything neurologically like that, the, to me, those people are, I just had this conversation. Who was it in my family that I just got told this? And I was like- why have we not been having her do this type of stuff way early? You know, it's crazy. And this is another thing that pisses me off about Western medicine is that it's very common. I see this where people have some sort of, you know, uh, uh, neurological uh, permanent dysfunction and they're taking all the medications and it's all this stuff. And it's just, oh, you know, over time she's losing the ability to move this leg and it's just we don't do anything about it. It's like, well, what are, yeah. are we exercising yeah, or trying what to are do? your movements? Yeah. What like, are we trying you, to do? Yeah. Like, I mean, fight that as long as you possibly can. Like if you've got something, it's yeah, you're, you're probably not you're not going to cure something that's uncurable. But you most certainly will slow down the progression of a disease that is actually like a, a degenerate disease like that. Yeah. I mean, God, that's hundred percent that person. You should. have you have cases um, where people are have there had, where someone has actually reversed. You've had there's tons of cases. There are tons and tons and tons of cases. What was Doctor Terry Walls? What, you remember her? She had a uh, horrible. She went declined like horrible massively. MS. Was yeah. bed was bedridden and reversed yeah. it through uh, nutrition and nutrition supplementation and movement. Yeah. There are lots of cases where people have incurable ailments and either fixed it through changing their lifestyle or it spontaneously reversed. That happens a lot too. Mm-hmm. It happens with cancer. People will go into the doctor and they're like, oh, uh, you've got stage four, whatever cancer, You're, you've got a month to live. And then the body just decides to, for whatever reason, get rid of it and then they're cured. So it's definitely possible. The way I look at it is this. If you have a condition, your potential um, is lowered. So you may not uh, have the same potential as someone who doesn't have this particular condition, but there's still a range of potentials. And what I mean by that is there's a worst you could hit to and there's a best you can get to. Yeah. And the way you can get to your best is through doing the you know movement, through nutrition, through mindfulness, through everything that you can do to get your best. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. You may not get uh, as good as someone else, but there's a lot that you can do. 
well, to get better or at least slow down yeah. degeneration. Well, and there's serious urgency there, you know, to maintain uh, the function that you're in your abilities that you have currently, right? So I remember training this lady that had MS and, and just having her do step ups and having her do really controlled movements where she was connecting to balance or just, you know, really slow, you know, like methodical uh, mindful movements, like it made an enormous impact. And, um, you know, it, when she was consistent and she would come in and during the week, it was almost like you'd see right before your eyes, you'd see like the movement, the, her walking changed, all these things changed. The, and then something would happen where it was a bad day. The next week I wouldn't see her for like a week. And it was like, we started all mm-hmm. over again. And, and you also don't know what you don't know. So I'll give you an example. I had a client Years ago, she was uh, in advanced age. She was in her 80s. And she had some uh, degenerative uh, issues going on. Dementia was one of them. And she was also losing uh, mobility and function with her body. But we trained consistently. And the degeneration was quite slow. Uh, It was very, very slow to where I trained her for about five years. And I could tell that there was some degenerate, you know, things were going down. But it it was because it was, I have been with her so long and it was over the course of five years and I could kind of see it happening, and it was very slow. Then she broke uh, uh, her leg uh, getting out of the bathtub, and she was sick. And the acceleration of the degeneration of her body and her mind was so alarmingly rapid that it blew everyone away and her family, and it blew me away. But it did remind me that, because during that period of time while I was training her, I remember thinking, like, fuck, we're not... We're not improving, and in some areas, I can see that we may be regressing a little bit. But what I wasn't paying, what I wasn't realizing was we were doing a lot. There was a lot of stuff we were doing to prevent the quick acceleration of her degeneration of her body and her mind. So that's the other thing you want to keep in mind. Another example is uh, uh, FDR, Franklin D. Roosevelt, who got polio and lost the function of his legs. He was a big proponent of exercise and activity uh, way back when lots of people, uh, this was like a new thing. He actually, um, you know, he come from a very wealthy family and invested, uh, one of the few things I like about him, he invested um, uh, in these spas where they would do lots of water therapy, exercise, massage, hmm. and you would have all, you know, sunlight. Uh, they're way ahead of their time. And people would come down from all over the country who were sick and had issues and mm. they believed in these therapies and he was like religious about it. Now he never gained back full function of his legs. And I've actually heard people say like, Oh, he wasted his time. But you, how can you possibly say that? We don't know the unseen. Mm-hmm. We don't know how much more he would have worse. Yeah, how much worse he would have been yeah. in both his mental state, mm-hmm. psychological state, and maybe even his physical function. So, Definitely, when you have uh, issues uh, with your body, you know, uh, be very proactive and positive with them. And although you may not see this crazy progression, you may be pre- preventing a quick uh, degeneration or you may be slowing down a degeneration. And one thing you want to understand too is you can take someone that's got normal health and I can put them in a chair and tell them, don't get up for the next two weeks. And we will see a loss. Enormous decline. We will see a loss of function. And I can also take that same person and take them through exercise and see dramatic improvements in their function. Well, that applies to everybody. Maybe, again, maybe the potential isn't the same, but 
your body, your your brain is still there's still some neuroplasticity going on. There's still uh, your ability to make connections uh, with other muscles. Maybe you never gain function in particular muscles, but all you end up doing is improving your body's ability to compensate with other muscles. So you may not be able to walk great because your quadriceps aren't firing, but maybe through practice and training, you operate your hips and calves and everything else better so that you can function better with this dysfunction. Right. So uh, I, I highly recommend um, utilizing some of the techniques. Uh, and Prime Pro is great because mm. it's all about no connection. Impact. It's, yeah. yeah, it's all about connection. It's all about yep. connecting and don't don't underestimate your brain's ability to adapt. There was a man in China, I believe, who went to the doctor recently. This was a news article. I'd love to find it. It's fucking fascinating. Went to the doctor for something, headache or something, and they did an MRI and they found that he had half a brain. Literally half a brain inside his skull. What? Nobody ever knew about this because Although he was, you know, he wasn't the brightest person or whatever, there was no like like huge signs that there was something wrong with him. What had happened is his brain, your brain's so so uh adaptable that that half of the brain learned how to do all this other Just stuff. Took over all the jobs. Yeah, to where there, yeah. nobody really could tell until they showed him the samurai and they're like, Oh shit, you have half a brain. That's so crazy. yeah, your body, your brain and your body have this amazing ability to compensate too. So sometimes Western medicine doctors will be like Hey, you've got this neurological issue, guaranteed 100%. You'll never regain function in these nerves. Well, that doesn't mean you should stop because there's other functions of the body. There's other nerves of the body. There's other muscles, other parts of your brain that can learn to right. compensate to, uh, to to help you function better. Mm-hmm. And that only is going to come from practice. It's only going to come from practice, exercise, and trying. It ain't going to happen if you just sit there. So again. My advice, 100%, you got something that someone says is permanent, do what you can to either A, reverse it, slow down the progression, or teach your body how to compensate with its other functions. Uh, With that, go to mindpumpmedia.com because we still have 30 days of coaching and it's free. It's available to anybody who is interested in information that can impact their fat loss, muscle building, and their health. Also... If you'd like to ask us a question that we answer on an episode like this one, the place to ask it on is Instagram, and the uh, page to ask it on is Mind Pump Media. We also have personal pages. My page is Mind Pump Sal. Adam's page is Mind Pump Adam, and Justin is Mind Pump Justin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.